Good morning, everybody. Welcome this morning to our time together here at the Digital Cathedral. I've looked forward to this morning because I think we got some very good things to share that are going to bring some some enlightenment, maybe in some areas that you haven't thought about. We're really working on this whole series, and I haven't made it an official series, but it's the series of I Am and the creative power that we have as I am, as an extension of I am that I am. And I wanted to open up this morning with that scripture from Exodus chapter 3, where God really puts the definition of himself together. And this is when, uh, Exodus 3 is when God was commissioning Moses to go back to the Pharaoh to deliver the children of Israel out. And <clears throat> Moses said, man, who, they're not going to believe me. What, what am I going to say when I get there? So in this 14th verse, of Exodus chapter three, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. Now some of the translations, and they're all translated the same. Some of the translations God defines and says, I am that I am. Now in the New King James, he says, I am who that I am. Some of the, some of the translations um, say, I am what I am. But I think that's an important designation right there. God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Interesting, interesting shift right there. So it goes from I am who I am to simply saying I am. Now, who do you think the I am is that was sent? It was Moses. So what, what I think God is telling Moses very simply is when you get there, let them know that I am, I am the sent one and I come on behalf of I am who I am or I am what I am or I am that I am. So the point is this, the I am was Moses. The I am was Moses. The I am in the earth today is you. And God goes on and says, moreover, God said to Moses, thus shalt say, thus thou shalt say, or you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord your God, the father of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has sent me to you. I am that I am has sent, I am, I am the one that is sent to you. And this is my name. This is so important. This is important. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. So what, what did God instruct Moses here? Very important instruction. He said that the name I give myself, whether you want to say I am who I am or I am that I am or I am what I am, it's all, all can be translated the same. It's, it's all fine. But that's the designation. That's the definition that God gives of himself. Now, John defined God by saying God is love, which he is. So the, the, the totality of the character of I am that I am is love. But I think it's important to notice the, the designation that God puts on himself. I am that I am. So what is he actually saying here? He's saying in that designation, I am that I am, I am who I am, I am uh, what I am. He's saying that he encompasses everything that exists, that there's nothing that exists outside of him. I am whatever you need me to be. I am whoever you need me to be. I am, I am uh, whatever you need, I am. And I put a stamp on you as an I am to be an extension of I am that I am. So you're my I am into the earth, but it's important we remember we are not the I am that I am, but we are here as a representative of, 
of I am that I am so that we can say I am. I am. And then you fill in the blank. And whatever you fill the blank in with after you say I am, he has empowered you as a co-creator to be able to create the thing that I am declares. But there's nothing that exists outside of him. He's he's the big enchilada. He's the totality of the package. And Paul knew that. Paul had a lot of things to say about who I am. You know, I am more than a conqueror. I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am a son. Paul had a lot of I am's. But Paul recognized the bigger picture was the fact that I am that I am uh, is not the same as I am. And Paul said it very well over in Colossians chapter 1. And I'm trying to draw a little bit of a distinction there because there has been some confusion among people of, of saying that they think they're the I am that I am. And that's why it's important in this message that I'm teaching you is that, that we remain Christ-centered. Christ is always the center. I am, I am not him but I'm in union with him. I am one with him, okay? So let, let's let's remember that. Paul said it so well in Colossians chapter one. Let me read verse 16 and 17. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and on the earth. Everything that was created, it, it, visible and invisible, he says, whether there are thrones, dominions, principalities, and boy, how I'd like to sit on that one for about 30 minutes. Every dominion and principality he created. Don't, don't question me. Don't get mad at me. Don't email me about it. That's what Paul said. That's what's in, that's what he wrote down. All things were created through him and for him. And verse 17 says, and he is before all things and in him, in Christ, all things consist. So the I am that I am as manifested in the Christ who took flesh form as Jesus in the Christ, everything that is dwells within him, the I am that I am. So here's the point. You cannot get outside of him. You've never been outside of him. So when he created you, he created you to be a creator. He is before all things. He created all things. And the zenith of his creation is you. You are the zenith of his creation. We all are. You're his favorite. We, we all are his favorite. He set you up and he blew into your nostrils. He blew into your nostrils his life. Zoe, eternal life. When did you have eternal life? When were you endued with eternal life? When he, when he took of himself and imparted into you. What he imparted into you was your spirit. Your spirit came forth from him. You're not him, but the spirit that emanated from him, in him all things consist, including the eternality of your spirit. He blew that into your nostrils. He took his nature into you and imparted it into that little clay guy in, what is it, Genesis 2-5 that he stands up, and in 2-7 he blows into man the breath of life. His ability, his nature, and that includes, that includes the ability to create, your co-creator. We'll read some scripture on that in just, just a minute. But I want you to see that you are the zenith of his creation. You're, you're, you're the pinnacle. You're the creme de la creme. There's, there's, no other, there's no other thing that he created that has claim to the things that you have claimed. His life, his nature, his breath, his ability, his creativity. 
They all are contained within you. Man is the only creation that can create. The only one. I don't, I don't care how smart you think your dog is. Your dog will never take a pile of lumber to the backyard and build a doghouse. He doesn't have the capability. He doesn't have the, the, the creativeness in his mind. Dog can think of some things, and, and they amaze us sometimes how smart they are. But your dog's never going to build his own doghouse. Horse is never going to order some lumber from the lumber yard, think about what he would like to create a barn, order the lumber, and then actually build the barn. He doesn't have the ability. Only man has the ability to do that. You'll never find a cow that plants a field of corn to ensure that it will have plenty of corn to eat all year long. A cow doesn't have that doesn't have that ability, doesn't have that creativity, doesn't have that, that, that thought that is able to then manifest in imagination and be able to express itself in activity. Only man, you are the only one that God created that has the ability to create as the creator created, and that is because you are of his substance. You're his, you're his uh, likeness, right? You were created in his image, and in his likeness, you, the, the image was stamped on you. You're in his image. The likeness we're developing as awareness grows. So whatever you, whatever you see, whatever you see started in the invisible realm. And here's what we're going to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the fact that your thoughts manifest. And I'm building toward September when I'm going to take piece by piece this pattern of creation that God exercised himself, Jesus exercised it. We have it within us, but nobody has really brought it into focus and laid it out in a sequential order that has helped us to see the pattern of how we can create. So I'm kind of just dodging around some of this, taking different aspects of it, but when it, when it hits September, I'm gonna take each part in order and we're gonna examine just it. But this morning, I wanna talk about the power of your thoughts. I wanna plant a seed. I want to plant a seed in you about your thoughts because everything that you see started with a thought. Everything that you have started with a thought. It's, and you can't see a thought. Thoughts are invisible. But yet what you had power with in the invisible eventually manifested in the visible. You cannot see a thought. But your thoughts can bring from what you can't see into what you see. So you can build the doghouse. You can build the barn. You can plant the field of corn. You can take something that was not and make it as though it were. You then projected that thought from the unseen to the seen and you created the doghouse. You first had the thought of a doghouse. You first had the thought, my dog needs a doghouse. Then you begin to think, how am I going to build that doghouse? And then you put your imagination to work and you begin to see that doghouse in its completed form. I remember back when I was a boy, I had a cocker spaniel and my dad built a, a doghouse. He put shingles on the roof. I mean, he, he, he imagined that doghouse right down to the detail of what would be best for that doghouse. Everything that I created is after the pattern of the creator himself. When I say I am the builder of a doghouse, it started with a thought, imagined it, my heart filled up with it, my mouth spoke, said I need to get what I need to get to build that doghouse. So what wasn't at one time in the visible and all of a sudden became visible. That's the pattern the Father creates. Let me let me read this for you out of uh, out of Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to also read it out of the, uh, out of the Passion Translation because I think it says it well too. Hebrews chapter 11 to verse 3. Let me grab onto my 
passion over here and get it lined up. Hebrews 11, 3 out of the New King James says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. It began with a thought. God's, God said, let us make man. That's the thought right there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit in counsel together said, let us make man. That's the thought. Then the imagination went to work and said, let him have dominion, let him do this and let him have replenish and blah, blah, blah. He built the imagination. It says here that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So God spoke the word. He spoke his thoughts, but they were first thoughts. Thought is the initial, initial work. So that things which were made were not made of things that are visible. Now let me come over here to the passion and let me see if I can find that for you real quick. He says it just a little bit different, but he says it really, really well. And the passion is a great translation. If you don't have a passion, you ought to, you ought to get a hold of one of them because it really, uh, the passion has a, a great way of saying things. I like the passion and I like the mirror both uh, to supplement my, my King James. You know, I always come back to, I always come back to New King James, but I read these others a lot. All right, here it is, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. Where do those words originate from? The words originated out of thoughts. You don't speak anything but what you first think it. Now, sometimes you think you talk without thinking, but you really don't. You have put the thoughts into motion. Now, you, you have thought so fast that you weren't conscious of the thoughts, but you never said one word but what you thought about it first. You had to think about it to form the word. Your mind had to form the word. So you had to have the thought first. They were framed by the power or coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke. He spoke. And the invisible realm gave birth to everything that you see. That pattern has not changed. Hasn't changed in the least. Everything that is around you started with a thought. I don't know what all you can see behind me, but over this way I have a, a printer. Somebody had the thought of, of that printer before it ever got over to my, my shelf. Uh, there's a picture of, of uh, my daughters back there, Janelle and, and Sean. Somebody had to have the idea of building a camera that would take pictures. It started with a thought, then the imagination built it. Eventually it went to into production and it created. I've got a whole bunch of hats up there you can see. I, I like hats, I wear hats a lot, uh, more than I used to. But every hat that I have up there has a, has a designation or an insignia on it. Somebody had to think of it. Those things did not exist in the visible till first somebody thought about it. You say, well, that's a very low level creation. Absolutely it is. But if you don't start to recognize the, the low level creations that you are designing and bringing into manifestation, you can't move into more complicated things. You, you, you'll never, you'll never, the father never created man until he first created the world. Why is that? Because it came in progression. The father perfected his, create, his creating skills. And I don't have scripture to prove this, just my thought. He perfected his creating skills and man was the pinnacle. Man was the absolute utopia of the creation. So one, for, for example, one of the things that you've created is your persona. You know what your persona is? Your persona is the public image you present of yourself. You created that, I didn't. I didn't create your persona, not directly. You created it. It was created by a lot of different things. And I'm gonna hit, hit a couple of them in just a minute. 
Well, first of all, it was created from the thoughts that you have about you. You are manifesting in a seen presence, a, a persona that you thought about. You had thoughts of, of how you were, and then you thought that, and then you said it. You said, I am. After, after your thoughts created your persona, thoughts that, that maybe originated with you, maybe they originated with somebody else and you grasped them and said, okay, that's the way I am. Then, see, I am, that's the way I am. Your persona, then you begin to say, I am bashful. Who created that bashfulness in you? I didn't, you did. Either somebody told you you're bashful or you had a thought I'm bashful, I, 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 I'm introverted. I am smart, I am unlikable, I am poor, I am ugly, I am handsome, I am, and whatever you fill that blank in is the result of what you thought. And then you manifested it, you created it. You're manifesting the creation that you thought into existence. You, you guessed, you, you put it together. All of your negative thoughts came out of the person that you created. See, all your negative thoughts came out of the person that you created. Negative thoughts created you. And that's why you said, I'm bashful, I'm ugly, I'm poor, I'm broke, I'll never, I am, I am, I am. All of the positive thoughts came from I am that I am, and you embrace those then as I am. I, I am able, I am more than a conqueror. See, those thoughts came, came from an entirely different source. Now you're much greater than your persona. You can change your persona. We created from, uh, you know, we created a persona. Maybe our, our parents fed us thoughts. For sure, there's no doubt your parents fed you thoughts. Some children were raised in an environment they could, they could be anything they wanted to be. Other children were raised in an environment that when you graduate from high school, the best thing you can do is get a job and keep that job for the rest of your life. That created an outlook for you. Teachers, family members, siblings, friends, they all, they all deposited an opinion of you into you and then you embodied it into your being and you demonstrated it, you manifested it. And maybe as you got older, you go, I, I, don't, I don't like the person I am, but what can I do about it? You can change it. You can change your persona. Your, your thoughts came from the voices of a lot of different sources. Thoughts always come from a voice. My sheep hear my voice. Those thoughts create a good persona. They create a good you. See, no, no one developed your persona ever. I, I, I will assure, at least not with me. No one ever per developed my persona as being divine nature. My persona was I'm a, I'm a, I'm a no good from Adam's race that I'm separated from God. Nobody ever told me that I was a partaker of the divine nature. Nobody ever built a persona into me that said, you are more than a conqueror. Nobody ever built into me, you can do all things through Christ. The persona that was built into me had limits, had boundaries, had things that I didn't even dare attempt. You know, I, I never would have thought of becoming a medical doctor. Auto, I, I, I'm, not smart, I'm not that smart, see? Who said I wasn't that smart? Who said I couldn't do that? It's, it's my persona, it's what I built into my life. I, I believed that and it defined me. The Father would say that you are one in Him, that you're in union with Him. And every thought that you consciously have creates. 
whether it's negative or positive. That's where you make a choice. That's where you make a decision in your life. Whether we knew it or not, we're one with the Father. We're in union with the Father. And everything, because we are one in him, we are his offspring. L listen to me carefully. Because we are his offspring, everything, this is, this is the law of creation. Everything creates after its kind. You'll never put watermelon seeds in the ground and grow corn. You'll never, you'll never plant wheat and get uh, hay. Well, you never get alfalfa. Monkeys never produce cows. Cows never produce donkeys. It, that's not the law of creation. Everything creates after its own kind. You are the God kind. You're the God kind of being. So you're going to create according to the will and the plan and the potential of God himself because you're in connection with him. Everything creates after its own kind. What is it? First uh, um, Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says that there is an incorruptible seed. That's the seed of the Father that is in you. That's what birthed you again, that incorruptible seed. And as that seed grows, as that seed of consciousness and recognition uh, builds in your life, you're going to begin to see yourself in a whole different light than you ever saw yourself before. Some of us have never seen ourselves like the Father sees us. We have only seen ourselves through the lens of other people that have put limitations, they've put boundaries on us, and we have bought into it hook, line, and sinker, and that's created a persona, that's created a life that in some cases we wish we didn't live. Good news is you can change it. You change the voice you listen to, which is going to change the thought that will eventually manifest. You're a divine being, my friend. You're not just a human. That's what they told you, you're just a human. You're a divine being. You created and you were given his life from the very beginning. Genesis chapter two, verse five, six, and seven tells you that exactly. And you know what? He never changed the process from that first man. Every person that has come into the planet has his, his life, which is our spirit, part of him in union that has been imparted into our flesh being. His nature, his life, his ability to create has been placed within us. So trust the process. Here's what I'm trying to say. Trust the process of developing the image and likeness that belongs to you by getting your head screwed on right, by beginning to think divine thoughts, by thinking thoughts from the heart of the Father, thinking thoughts that the spirit of truth has planted into your mind. The life you live is a manifestation, any way you slice it and dice it. It's a manifestation of the thoughts of you have of yourself and that others have given to you that you've hardly embraced, you've pulled to yourself and you said, yeah, that's, that's me, that's how I am. You are what you know and you are what you believe. Can you change what you know and what you believe? Absolutely. You, you're not limited to that. The Father's always speaking to you. The Father's always giving you thoughts of an abundant life. Now, it takes us together to create that. But what happens is the Father speaks, speaks a thought to us, and immediately the persona blocks it and puts a limit on it. says, no, you can't, you can't do that. And what, so what you hear from the Father comes through that filter of the persona. Let, let me give you a very simple example. I've dealt with hundreds and thousands of people over the years, you know, as a pastor within a, within a building. And I, I tell you this, I've never known a person who felt 
unworthy. That's who they thought they were. They thought they were unworthy. I've never known one unworthy person to believe that they could do all things through Christ. They didn't feel worthy to do that. I've never known, I've never known a person that felt rejected, that had a persona of rejection, that had that built into them by their thoughts and the thoughts that other people put on them. I've never, I've never found one of those persons that says, I'm a person that's worthy of God's love. God loves me without condition. No. So you have to change the persona. You have to change the thought pattern. That's why Paul, Paul said, be renewed in your mind. Don't, don't think thoughts of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That affects your thoughts. See, we're, we're not helpless, guys. We're not victims. We can create the life we want. Things don't just happen to us as much as things happen because of us. Because of us. Let, let, me, let me read a couple of ver verses of scripture for you. Let me read uh, out of John chapter 15. You know, this is a familiar parable that Jesus told, but it's so powerful. And I think that it fits right in line with what we're talking about, uh, becoming a creator, walking as a creator, and the whole thing revolving around the thoughts that we have and understanding that we do create and manifest our thoughts. All right, watch this. I'm just going to read five verses. John chapter 15, verse 1. Jesus said, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And that's a, that's a, that's a, um, a really bad translation. What, that actually, what those words mean, take away, and you can, you can follow this through and check it out. It means every branch that, that doesn't bear fruit, he lifts it up off the ground. He, he aids it. He helps it. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, he cuts it back, he, he refines it so that it can bear more fruit. So now, now then he goes on to say, you are always already clean because of the word that I've spoken. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now here's what Jesus says. And I want you to see this because this needs to be the persona you have. This needs to be the way you see yourself. This needs to be how you uh, get a hold of what your potential and what you as a human really are. He said in verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, which you, you cannot be vine branch relationship without there being a mutual abiding, a mutual union together as one. You cannot tell where the vine stops and the branch begins. You cannot tell where the branch stops and the vine begins. That's how close the union is. I'm the vine, you're the branch. He that abides in me bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. So I'm real big on that. I'm not, I'm not divine. I'm not, I'm not Jesus. I'm me, but we're in one together. And without him, I can do nothing. But with him, there's nothing I can't do. That's the creative process. The, the, what, what I want you to see in this is that the branch and the vine coordinate an effort. Now you tell me which one is the most important in the production. Let's say grapes. Grapevine, grape branches and vine of the grapes. Which one is more important, the vine or the branch? They're of equal importance. The branch cannot, cannot produce except the vine feeds it the nutrients, feeds it what it needs to produce. Nor can the vine 
produce if it has nothing to, to flow into, nothing to give the life that the vine has into the branch. If there's no branch, the, vine, the whole process stops. So you tell me which one is most important, the vine or the branch. They're of, they're of equal importance. So in the world today, yes, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the source. All things were created by Christ. But without you, he cannot bear the fruit in the earth. The Father, the Father is in, in human form today so that he can experience what humans experience. There's no way outside of the human earth suit that God could experience being a human. That's the connection. That's the vine branch connection. You create it. You, you stay connected to the vine as a branch and you'll bear much fruit. See, your thoughts create. The vine sends the thoughts to the branch. Let's build, let's get some grapes. Let's have a record harvest. I'm going to send to you the nutrients, the vitamins, the water. I'm going to send everything. I'm going to pipe it all to you. All the, all the branch on, a, on an apple tree does is bear the fruit. The, the trunk does all the work. See, Jesus said to Father in me, he doeth the works. It wasn't Jesus doing the miracles, it was the Father in him. I'm trying to get you to see that you create, but it's the, it's the creator of the universe that lives within you that does the process, that does the work. All begins with a thought. The prodigal son created a dilemma for his life, and the prodigal son created freedom in his life. The prodigal created his dilemma and he created the release out of the dilemma. He created the problem because he had a thought. I want my inheritance and I want it now. So he spoke it to his father. He blew the inheritance, found himself in a pig pen. He had the thought, why am I in this pig pen? I need to do something different with my life. That was the thought. The thought was back in my father's house, even the servants have it better than me whom eating the husks of corn that the pigs are feeding on. That's a low blow for a Jewish boy. He said, I'm going back home. That was a thought. So he said to himself, he said to himself, and, 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 and I, I, I want to I show you this. Um, I want to show you this out of the scripture, but let me just get to a couple of things first. I want, I want, to, I want you to see the process that the prodigal went through. Now, I want to say this right here. I understand that what I'm teaching you is, can be hard to get your head around. I'm still plowing. I'm not harvesting yet. I'm not looking for you to create yet. I'm just planting. I'm still tilling the soil. It might be a new idea. Maybe these things I'm talking to you about, you never thought of. You've never heard anybody teach on it before to the level that I'm teaching it. And I'll just tell you this. Your understanding of what I'm telling you is going to blossom as you know more, as you see more. Every, every human came here with a divine blueprint. You know what I mean by a divine blueprint? I, it means that you came here with a purpose. You came to this planet with a purpose, something you came here to create in a universe that is ever expanding. I don't know how fast the universe is expanding. I read the other day that it's expanding at the speed of light. God's still creating. He's still creating and he's, you're still co-creating with him. The, the, the blueprint that you came, here's the tip on your blueprint. Here, here's a leg up that's gonna help you to know what you can create easily. The blueprint of your life is what you always wanted to do. What you always wanted to do. But most of us ran away from the voice within that said, man, I would really like to do work. Who do you think put that thought in you? 
That's the thought you came with. That's the Father speaking to you. But most of us ran from that thought that we could create that. Why? Because our persona blocked it. The persona that had been created by people's opinions said, you can't go to college and become that. You, you become a master electrician, that is not going to happen. You don't have the skill. You've got to know a lot to be a master electrician. You don't have what it takes. See, your persona blocked it. It came with negativity and fear and doubt. I'll say this to you that are watching me this morning at the Digital Cathedral. My whole job is to help you to get to where God wants you to go. My whole ministry is about bringing you to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I don't label myself apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I just label myself as an, as a, as an encourager and inspirer to help you to get to where you need to go. And I want to tell you something. It's never too late. It's never too late. Abraham was 75 friggin' years old when God appeared to him and said, I want you to get out of the land. I want you to move out of here. I want you to, to go to a land that I'm going to show you. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring the, the Savior. I'm going to bring the Messiah. I'm going to, he's going to come through your lineage. But you're going to, that's the blueprint. Abraham, that's what I built you for. But it's taken me 75 years to get you to that place where now I can, I can say, go, disperse, move out, and create this thing that you're designed to create. Mary was just a teenager when, when the angel showed up and said, you're going to give birth to God with us, to Emmanuel. His name will be called Jesus. His name will be Jesus. He'll save his people from their sins. He'll be the, he'll be the, the reconciler of the entire cosmos. What's important is to hear that inner voice. I don't care where you're at in life. I don't care what your age is. I found that the older I get, the more sensitive I am to his voice and the more, more, um, keen I am in responding to it immediately. You're never too old. You're never too young. We got Mary is a teenager. We got Abraham's a 75 year old man. And they both, they both came with a blueprint. They both came with a plan. And they, at that age, the early age for Mary, the late age for Abraham, they built the persona by, by their thoughts that they could do the thing that God asked them to do. See, let, never forget, you are God's word that became flesh. Jesus wasn't the only word that became flesh. God said, and he created. He said, he breathed into you. What he breathed into you caused you to be spirit that is encased in flesh. You are, you are a, you're a spirit having a human experience. You've tried to be a human that's tried to grab onto spiritual things. You've got, it, you've got it backwards. That's not who you are. Until you see yourself like he sees you as pure spirit, focused in on his thoughts and what he says to you that become your thoughts that will eventually manifest and create. See, we've become one. We are one with the unlimited creator, and it's all his doing. He's the one that put it together. That makes us on the earth a creator according to the blueprint that we agreed to and we came here with. We work and create as one, as I am out of the I am that I am. It takes both the vine, it takes both the branch to produce the harvest. He's, he created you knowing that, that he, he's depending on us to bring into the earth a collective consciousness that will usher in heaven on earth. 
You say, man, this earth don't look like heaven in any way, shape, or form. You're absolutely right. It doesn't. But it will. It will. And this is the generation that's, that's, that's tilling the ground, that's seeing what nobody else ever saw before, living in a realm and a dimension that no other generation has had. You think the early church fathers, you think the reformers had insight? It's nothing compared to what he's pouring into your life. Do you know what 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9 says? In case you doubt what I'm saying to you this morning, and again, don't believe it because I'm telling you. See, if it resonates in you, begin to grab onto it. Here says, watch this, Paul said this. We are God's fellow workers. Fellow workers, he didn't say slaves. Didn't say servants. He said we are fellow workers. That means we're yoked together. That means we're doing this as a partnership. This is a joint venture. This whole thing is God and sons. That's the business, God and sons. He says, you are God's field. You are God's building. In other words, you're the place where the creation takes place. You're the branch. The branch bears the apples. The branch bears the grapes. The, the branch bears the fruit. You are, you are the building. You are the field. You are what he gives the life to, the thoughts to, that create the imagination, that falls into the heart, that grows in abundance, that's released in power out of the words that you speak. That's who you are. That's what we have. There's nothing else on all of creation that can say, I'm a co-laborer co with God. I'm a co-creator. There's not one that has the ability or even the thought pattern, but that verse of scripture, I think, defines it well. Now, we believe that the creative power that we have is very limited. We don't believe that it's unlimited. See, we don't believe that with, with God, all things are possible. It's hard for us to even imagine that God can do everything. So how are we going to believe all things are possible to him that believes? Do you see the joint there? It, we're, we're, we're working as two unlimited forces that have come together. I am that I am has endowed I am with unlimited force. Nothing is impossible with God. Then he says over here, all right, because you have responded to me, nothing is impossible to those that believe. Now, believing is not a work of the flesh. Believing is just a response to revelation. I'm giving you revelation this morning, and I'm telling you, and I hope the light turns on to the creative power that you have that originates in your thoughts. You'll never do anything unless you first think it. You'll never do anything unless it's first a thought. The natural laws, the natural laws are human creations and they are subject to change as thought changes. For example, the law of gravity. It wasn't that long ago that nobody thought we could supersede the law of gravity. We looked at birds could fly, but somebody had a thought. Somebody had a thought and they, they created the law of lift. They imagined it. Then they went out, the Wright brothers went out and created an airplane that could lift and defy the law of gravity. How'd they do that? They created something. Began with a thought, I think we could do this. Their imagination put it together. They constructed it. Nobody had ever seen the airplane before. They made, they made something appear that was invisible. They made something you could see from what you could not see. You couldn't see the thought that they were gonna construct this. You couldn't see the imagination that put it together. All you could see was the finished product. In, 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 in reality, they brought something from the invisible to the visible. See, laws are limitations. All the natural laws that man has created are, are, are just limitations. 
The only law that God has is this. I am that I am, and I create. That's the only law that God has. There's only thoughts of unlimited, or there are thoughts of limitation. What kind of thoughts are you thinking about your life? What kind of laws, what kind of thoughts are you thinking about yourself? See, you know what grace does? Grace lifts the veil off of impossible. And because of I am that I am's favor on us, his grace, all things become possible. They start with a thought. The thought comes from a voice, either the voice of your peers, your friends, mainstream media, the news, whatever, or the thought comes from the mind of Christ that you possess. The disciples had developed a persona of impossible. They developed a persona of fear. So when they encountered this in Matthew chapter 8, let me just read a couple of verses for you out of Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, I want to read verses 24 to 27. And I want you to see how, how the different personas, how, how the different thought patterns work. Verse 24, chapter 8 of Matthew says this, And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, and the boat where they were all in, they were covered with waves. But here's Jesus back in the back of the boat asleep. Now the disciples had thoughts of fear. They had thoughts of perishing. They had thoughts of insecurity. And so they run to the back of the boat and they say, Lord, save us. We are perishing. Jesus looks at them and says, why are you fearful? Don't you know that I'm in the boat with you? You think, you think you're going down with the boat when I'm in the boat? Come on. Do you think your life is going down when he's in the life with you? Change your thoughts, brother. They had bad thoughts. He arose and rebuked the winds in the sea, and it was great calm. He had different persona, a different thought pattern. His thought was, I can, I can steal this storm. I can, I can put a calm on this sea. How, why did he say that? Why did he walk out there and say, peace, be still? Why did he rebuke the storm? Why did he use his words to do that? Why did, why did he create a calm sea that was before full of waves so much that it was filling the boat and the disciples were afraid they're going to die because he had a different thought? And because he had a different thought, he used different words. Jesus was highly developed in this. And the imagination of the calm sea, the imagination of everything being still, was, was almost instantaneous with Jesus. For us, as we enter into this, it takes time to construct it. It takes time for it to grow in the heart until we know that we know that we know that we know. And then like a pop bottle that's shaken up and explodes, the words come out of our mouth that bring the manifestation that's come out of our heart that has been filled with the imagination that was triggered by thoughts that came from the voice that originated it, all right? So the menace has marveled saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jesus thought peace. He thought peace and he created it. The disciples' mouths dropped and they said, man, what kind of dude are we in the boat with? This guy does impossible things. Listen, you have created either what you want or what you don't want. That's just a simple fact. You've created what you want or what you don't want. So to create what you want, listen to the mind of Christ that you possess. Listen to the thoughts that come to you through the mind of Christ. Those are the thoughts that are going to create what you want. You'll never find, 
the the voice that the the thought that develops from the voice of the mind of Christ never creates fear, never creates anxiety, tension. If you're filled with those kind of thoughts, you can just you can take it to the bank. You you are glued in to the wrong voice. You're glued in the wrong voice. Switch switch channels. Don't fear. Fear is you know what fear really is. Fear comes when persona what you've created your life and think your limitations are when it's losing control, you get fearful. Sometimes it causes you to be anxious and you snap back at people, you lose your temper. All those are just fruits of persona losing control. That's all that, all that it is. Perfect love responds and it follows the voice of perfect love himself and perfect love casts out fear. So there cannot be thoughts of fear. If you've created a fearful life, if you have a fearful existence, we have a we have a cat. God bless us. It's a feral cat that we you know we we rescued, and uh, it's about a year and a half old. But I'll tell you, this this cat is very skittish. And whenever the the men come to do our lawn or the neighbor's lawn, and she hears the lawnmowers crank up and the noise, she gets very fearful. She runs and hides under the bed. Every time I see her do that, I think of people that when circumstances don't look favorable. Rather than confronting them and say, and have a thought, peace be still, they get afraid and they pull back. They go hide under the bed like the cat. And, they, and they're getting just exactly what they created out of that fear and anxiety. All right, let me say this. I'm, I'm just about done for this morning. I think I've just about taken this as far as I want to go. Here's what I want to say. The Father is always speaking. But when we hear what he says, immediately fear jumps in on the thought that comes to us and tells us it won't work. You cannot do that, it's impossible. Don't even try that. See, persona does not wanna lose control. Call it soul. Soul does not wanna lose control. Spirit is, is growing, it's getting strong. So as, as the soul diminishes, as, as we increase and he increases, isn't that what John the Baptist said? He, I've gotta decrease, he must increase. As that takes place, persona doesn't give up easy, it fights. And it fights with fear, fights with anxiety, fights with tension. It fights with thoughts that, uh, of failure. The truth is, the truth, the absolute truth, the thought that you need to carry is that you are perfect in, in him and you are an unlimited creator. Now we're gonna keep talking about how to do that creating. It's well within your grasp. In fact, you're already doing it. I hope you've picked that up from this teaching today. You are already creating. You might not have been conscious of it. I'm making you conscious of it. It starts with understanding the easy things. You, 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 you crawl before you walk, you walk before you run, you run before you can fly, right? So we're, we're still crawling, we're still crawling, but I'm making you conscious of the things that you've already created. Everything that you've got, you started with a thought. You didn't buy a new car, but what you first thought it. And then your imagination took over and you imagined the color, the equipment, the, the, the kind of car that you wanted, two door, four door SUV, and then your heart got full of that, you started shopping, and finally you found it and you knew that you knew that you knew that's the car right there. So then you spoke out your mouth and said, I'll take that one. Then maybe you negotiated price, went through all that, but you never bought a car, but what is first was a thought, entered your mind, the imagination built it, constructed it, your heart grew it until you knew that you knew that you're gonna get it. And when the one showed up, you said, that's it. You said, that's the one. And that's the one you took home with you. You drove it home, didn't you? You ever drive a car home from the dealership you didn't first think about, first imagine? Did you ever go in and say, what kind of car you want? I, I don't know. What, 
well, do you want an SUV or a sedan? I, I, I don't know. No, you've thought it out. You've imagined it. Here's your takeaway this morning. Very simple takeaways. Let me give you four quick takeaways. All of creation is one. And all of creation is in him. Nothing outside of him. Number two, your inner voice is the Father's freedom-setting thoughts. That inner voice that you hear, that's the thoughts that need to come into your mind of Christ. And that's what you need to focus on. All right? third, third, third thing is this. Thoughts create, positive or negative. Every thought will eventually manifest. That's why you need to be careful what goes into your mind. That's why you need to be careful casting down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So when a thought comes to your mind that you know you don't want to manifest, you don't want to create, put that sucker out. Don't give it place. And number four, here's, here's your fourth takeaway. You're a divine being. You are a divine being. You are an eternal spirit that is an unlimited creator. You've been creating. It's time we take this to another dimension, another realm, and begin to create those things that we truly, really desire, including our life. And I'm going to tell you where this is going to go. And this is looking way down the road, so don't get nervous. We're going to be able to create for other people like Jesus did. He created sight for the blind. He created money for the poor. He created food for the hungry. But until we can take care of ourselves and create for us, we're not going to create for other people. You are a divine being that has an unlimited power and ability because of the one that resides in you, the I am that I am, you can create and he'll be with you every step of the way. You are a branch that is connected to the I am that I am and everything that I am as the branch flows out of I am that I am, the vine. You got it? Thoughts create. All right, let's talk about a little bit more Wednesday night. Next Sunday morning, we're going to we're gonna keep going. Let me, let's see what we're going to do next Sunday morning. See if I can just look ahead here a little bit. No, I don't have a title on it. I got it laid out, but I don't have a title on it. It's going to be along the same line because I'm on the vein right now of the I amness that causes us to be great creators. God bless you. Thank you for being with me this morning. Hope you got something extra special out of it. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure you share this. Uh, use it in your small group studies, wherever it's beneficial. You have my... Uh, undivided approval to do that. Fair enough. See you next time at the Digital Cathedral.